This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party, only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I am Jarvis Davis. I got Clint Shamlin with me, and I also have Brent Rollins as well. It's the Atlanta Football Party, and we are talking Georgia Bulldogs. Guys, last week, the, the Bulldogs were off, and they taking some time out to heal. Brent, I want to kind of start with you. What are your thoughts on just the Georgia Bulldogs getting ready, getting ramped up for the Georgia-Florida game as they get ready to go down this SEC East gauntlet? A couple of things initially. One, as we've heard, I think, in, in both audio that you've seen on TV and then audio that's maybe been leaked a little bit, Kirby does not like Florida at all. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> this, this, this game means a lot uh, yeah. to him. But outside of that, it's, it's the beginning of the toughest – regular season stretch of games, I think, in the Kirby era. And we're yeah. about to really find out a whole lot of things about this team. Yeah, this is this is one thing that just kind of looking at the schedule, like you mentioned, I, I think that this Florida game, they have the opportunity to to eliminate Florida from the SEC East conversation because, you know, they've, they've been on a uh, – like they've won a couple of games in these last couple of weeks, so they're trying to build up some momentum coming into these games. So And also then you have Missouri, who is – Definitely in the conversation, and Florida Steelers has to play them as well. So I feel like this is a very important stretch, and I think that the Dawgs are starting to get a little healthy, Clint. Don't you think as far as being able to get their guys back on the field? That's exactly right. Rumor has it, and this is rumor, who knows, but Amaris Mims looks like he is getting more and more healthy. I could say that with confidence because time has gone on, but it does seem to me that outside the Brock Bowers injury news, uh, that everybody else is actually ascending. We saw Kendall Milton leave a little early from the Vanderbilt game, which is a, a big bummer. Seems like that guy always gets nicked somewhere along the lines. But if he's able to get healthy, our wide receiver core is healthy there. Lad has another week under his belt to be there, and he's going to be a game changer coming in. But if Mims comes back this week, or if even if he's on a snap count, I said this on uh, Locked on Bulldogs, even if he's on a snap count and he gets a certain amount, if he's that swing offensive lineman that we've seen mix and match, Steve Searle's doing some work over there, it's still an added bonus. On the defensive side, uh, we are, again, as healthy as can be over there. So I think, yes, we, we are at 95. Without, if 5% of the team is Brock Bowers, we're getting so close to that. Uh, very, very healthy, much, much more uh, than offseason, certainly. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that I always thought was kind of interesting. When you think about what, you know, having these guys coming back and having the, the different options to go to, right? Like when you talk about Marius Mims, you talk about Xavier's Trust, you know, those guys coming back, you know, now Trust was out at the right tackle spot. And for him to be in a space where, hey, you probably might have to go back down to that left guard spot. He's and I didn't necessarily think he did that well down in it, down in down inside like that. But I'm interested to see kind of what they do with as far as the mismatch with the offensive line. Uh Brent, what do you think they what do you think Kirby uh kind of how he handles this situation as far as if Amaris Mims is ready to go? Uh, if he if he's healthy and ready to play and practice and whatnot, I think he starts. I mean he's going to start at right tackle. The interesting part will be, does Trust just fit, slide right back into left guard? Because I actually think the combo of Fairchild and Morris at left guard has been really good. Pretty solid, yeah. And especially from a pass protection standpoint, both of them have been uh, really good, really good to the point where they're getting noticed. And I've had conversations with uh, people within the NFL circles that are noticing both of those players uh, and, and what they brought to the table. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good point because – 
you know, I think Mike Bobo, as far as, and we'll talk about this in the next and upcoming segment, as far as how do they kind of quote unquote replace uh, Brock Bowers. But I, I think that, you know, just from Mike Bobo's standpoint, do you feel like, Clint, that there is a game plan that is going to be a look a little different, you know, given how, you know, uh, with all the wide receiver talent that they have and, and those guys, bringing those guys into the fold, do you feel that is Mike Bobo has a lot of options, even if they aren't ready to replace uh, um, Brock Bowers at this point? Yeah, three three things are true about this, and here's what I, I keep on harping on Georgia fans because, again, you, you have a narrative, Georgia fan, of Mike Bobo being a caricature of who you've made him out to be. If you look at this offense, it's a spread around offense. Carson Beck, uh, last couple of games, hitting 10 different receivers. Uh, Cass Jones catching wheel routes. Rosemary Jack Saint, uh, which, by the way, if I was to put a name on somebody, if I was to put my marker on somebody to step up and elevate the game, it's it's Rosemary. I think he is going to start ascending. I think he's taking on a leadership mantle because what you do in this offense, so that's point one, Mike Bobo is not who the caricature you think he is. The ball gets spread out a ton, and Brock Bowers is that dude that, unlike anybody else, here's the second thing that's true, unlike anybody else you don't slot somebody else in so oscar delt may be physically gifted he is bigger stronger faster than most tight ends out there true a hundred percent he doesn't have the ability so far that it takes five guys to tackle him like it does brock bowers that's the absolute you don't just slot somebody else in so i think it's going to be a distribution i think oscar delp's going to be relied upon because if the reads there if he's in the pass game uh, carson beck's not going to force feed anybody and he's not going to uh, go away from somebody because again mike bobo's system is balanced all the way through in the passing attack that being said i think the names that we're hearing on the ground this last week in practice the two names Ra Ra and Rosemi were the guys that were just snatching balls out of the air all over the place. There is something that elevates in competitors' spirits when your best dude goes down you say, I got to elevate my game. And I think those two would be the name for me of guys that get down in the red zone, get down closer where it's going to be contested catches, throw it up 50-50 ball to Rosemi and ask for a execution of surgical nature on route running. That's where it comes to rah-rah. So those two names. But Mike Bubba's going to spread it around and Carson Beck's going to do the same exact thing. He's going to spread the ball around. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a nice distribution, uh, not necessarily even distribution. I think it's going to be they're going to be able to figure out how to get pretty much everyone involved because the more they get, the more people they get involved, I feel like the more Florida, um, the Florida Gators going to have to worry about. Brent, I want to talk to you about the, as far as the running game goes, as far as with Dejan Edwards, we we seen him kind of emerge as the guy. He's a leading rusher on this team. Do you think there is going to be a more of an emphasis on the running game um, now that that? With, with going into the second half of the season and going up against all these SEC opponents, SEC opponents, sorry. I don't know about emphasis. And the only thing I would say in terms of emphasis would be as if the defense dictates that it becomes an emphasis. Uh, what you saw Vanderbilt do more so than any team that's played Georgia's was really hang back in quarters type coverage. In essence, say Georgia, hey, run the ball. We're okay with that. Take the short stuff. We're okay with that. We just want to limit your explosives. Uh, and actually, in terms of explosive percentage, it, the game against uh, Vanderbilt was the first that the running game outside of South Carolina, the first that the running game had been more explosive in terms of number of explosive plays than the passing game. So I don't know that it's going to be an emphasis. It's still going to complement what they do. It's still going to be an offense that's always dictated by what the defense does. But there will be certain times, I think, that you see. And, and I think Milton and the ability to him at least be there and be the physical sort of change of pace. Uh, to Edwards, that Robinson, Roger Robinson being healthy, getting a carrier too. I, I think you can see more of it, but I don't, 
I, this is a passing team. It's still That's going to be their emphasis unless the defense dictates that, hey, we can run it all day, every day. Yeah, I, I think the going where your bread is buttered, I, I think that's kind of that's going to be the, the, the emphasis towards the end, um, towards the end of the season as they go down um, to the season and head and hopefully head into the SEC championship, because I think that that's ultimately the goal. And then whatever happens after that is is all gravy on top. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk about whether or not Oscar Dilt is going to be able to fill in for Brock Bowers. But first. I'll let you know this episode of Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by LinkedIn. It is the number one place you can go to to post a job. I'm telling you guys, LinkedIn is the best place you can do because every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is super easy to post a job on LinkedIn. That's all you have to do. Just go to the website, and I'm telling you, it'll be right there, linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Yes, with an emphasis on faster. Yes, they are going to help you get the right person. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. And guys, we are going between the hedges. This is where, of course, we deep dive on what's going on or what will go on in Athens. So, of course, big showdown coming up this weekend or they'll be in Jacksonville, of course. But the conversation is still about what's going on in Athens, particularly with Brock Bowers. A lot of questions in Kirby Smart's press conference for this week on Monday leading up to this big showdown against Florida. And it kind of made me wonder and I wanted to ask you guys about it, Brent. It was Kirby kind of seemingly dodging the questions, but do you feel like that was more Kirby Kirbying? Because you know him, he's going to be quiet when Kirby wants to kind of shut down a conversation. Or was it one of those things to where at this point, it's really just too early to tell in the process where Brock Bowers is? I mean, I think one of the things I've noticed about him, he always is really honest for the most part in his answers Mm -hmm. as much as, as much as he can be. And I think when he said, you know, folks were asking about that, and he says, hey, look, I'm focused on, one, getting Brock getting healthy, and two, this team. I, I think that's a 100% honest answer from him that, hey, look, Brock, go get as healthy as you possibly can be. If you're here and you're available to play, awesome. But you're definitely not going to be in the near future, at least probably for the next month. Thus, yeah. I can't really worry about you because you're not going to help me win the next month. So his focus is entirely tunneled on, hey, who's here? Who's helping me win this week? Because that's the ultimate goal. So Jarvis, hearing what Brent is saying, and that's fair, that's fair. But we are about two weeks removed from this. And at this point, being about two weeks removed from the surgery, the injury, et cetera, shouldn't we at least have maybe a little bit more insight on kind of how the rehab's going? That's why maybe there's some Kirby Kirby mixed in with what Brent says, which is authentic. I'll tell you what it is, Kirby. 
Yeah, I mean, you know me, man. I, I try to read between the lines just a little bit because you know coaches still have to give you some sort of coach speak. Like I, I don't, I've never, you know, been around coaches like who are like a thousand percent honest, like and say, and they've been open with information. Like they, they hide information. <laughs> the coach is going to hide information, whether or not you know, because there's no way in the world that Kirby doesn't know exactly when that guy is going to come back. And I, and I feel like. He, but he has to kind of block that out, and he has to put the message out there and say, hey, he's not going to be here for at least the next month, so, hey, y'all don't need to stop asking me about him. But I think that it does kind of get me to wondering, like, whether or not we will see Brock Bowers in a Georgia Bulldog uniform. And again, like, we talked about this on the ATL Sports Party last week. I just, I just don't – it doesn't feel – it just doesn't feel like he's going to come back because – you know, hey, the coaches taking them out of, out of out of sight, out of mind, and say, hey, I'm worried about the guys who are out here on the field and everything like that. It just really feels like to me that might have been the last time we see Brock Bowers in a uniform in the second quarter of Vanderbilt. And that's fair because, you know, we talked about this, like you said, on the sports party, the fact that there were players who were very, very close to that point of like maybe a championship game, uh, whether that's CFP or whether that's conference title game. And it was just not the wisest thing to do if you know that it could potentially minimize or I'm sorry, potentially drop your draft stock. Right now, I don't, we're not saying that Brock Byers necessarily thinking like that, but Clint, it's one of those kind of hit or miss situations where like, depending on where we are in that timeline, that might dictate a lot of things. And then of course we'll talk about this in uh, next up. But it may also be dictated by exactly where Georgia is relative to an upset special from Florida, an SEC title championship loss, that sort of thing. But all things fair said, is there anything else that we could or should know about the Brock Bowers situation and how he's progressing at this point? Yeah, I'm on record of saying that, Jarvis, I, I'd want to dismiss you from this party uh, in time <laughs> next time. Um, can you... Can you, that's not, you just take your stars and you stuff them in the sack, mister. I just, I'm not here Am for I that. Am I being a party energy. pooper? <laughs> well, here's, here's what we know. Let's, let's take what Kirby has done. He is not Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer going to be out here and he's going to be talking all sorts of mess post game. And true. you know what? Yeah, that is true. I'm happy we have Kirby instead of Shane because Shane's running his mouth and Kirby, it, it's often said omission is betrayal. Kirby Smart omits a lot. So what he says is true, but he omits a lot. And I think that's what you're saying, Jarvis. And I think Brent, you, this understanding of when Kirby speaks, he is speaking the truth. He just happens right. to hold things back from what he doesn't have to share. And he doesn't have to share the Bowers news. I think Mims and George Pickens are the two things that we can look at. I think Brock Bowers has solidified himself top 10 talent top five talent wise now draft stock, how people line up in the NFL draft today, even if he came back and got hurt, even if he re injured the high ankle, even if he was, was on a snap count, teams are still going to take Brock in the top 10. I, I would take him in the top five. If I was anybody with a quarterback, if I needed a quarterback, sure go elsewhere, but that's where I take him. So I think, Watching Mims. If Mims comes back and he's healthy this week, we will see Brock Bowers again before regular season is over. That is just cold, hard fact. If we don't see Amarius Mims, that's going to tell us something about the athletic, the rehab, 
all of that and how Kirby has handled that situation to George Pickens. George Pickens, by all intents and purposes, should not have come back for the playoff run that happened when when George was in it. And he did. And he was a, a factor in the game. He was also on a pitch count during those those games. And he showed out. So um, I think Florida this week, we don't this is going to sound ludicrous because when don't you need Brock Bowers? I think Florida's pass defense is actually a little better than their rush defense. But I, I think that we will spread it out a little bit more in the passing attack. And I think it'll be fine against Florida this week. Now talk to me down the road against Alabama. Hopefully fingers crossed SEC championship. That's I'm, I'm picking Alabama now, not LSU because they don't care a thing about defense. Um, but that gets me a little scared now. Now, now I need Kirby to tell me more about Brock's injury and surgery rehab. Yeah, I hear it. And that's fair. You know, you guys, you mentioned pitch count and that could be an option as well, where you bring him back. And you just use him in sort of situational football, for lack of a better term, and kind of see where it plays out. But the other piece, I think, is this to your point. There was a lot of time spent in yesterday's, in Monday's press conference talking about some of the players. And I want to kind of go back to what you guys are talking about, talking about a Xavier Trust and the possibilities of what he could do or, or Kendall Milton and kind of where he is in Amarius Mims. And so to that point, Clint, how important is it um, not just for from a physical on the field perspective, but also from a mindset perspective. Like I got to get my guys ready for the guys who can actually take the field on Saturday and not focus on the guy who can't. That's exactly right. And Kirby is a competitor. The whole team are competitors. Again, you've heard the statement by players as well as coaching staff. We eat scraps off the floor. That's the mentality of Georgia's players and coaches, and they embody it in totality. So that is very, very true and what they want to do. And so, yeah, I think it's not disregarding those players. It's, it's go get yourself healthy. The guys here, we're, we're going to go on the field. We're going to be together. Go get yourself healthy. And if Mims comes back from this, this is going to only accentuate this mentality more to say, we care about our players we care about rotation we care about depth and development if you watch georgia and how kirby rotates guys in it is no longer just here you're starting 11 it's here's your 20 that could play on both sides of the ball here's here's the guy they're going to rotate through including offensive line so if you're talking about the long stretch again we get brock back in four five weeks 24 days is the closest or the quickest anybody's come back from this tightrope surgery in college football and we get somebody back uh, uh quicker than that what it's going to tell me is this, uh, we're focused on getting those guys back and developing at the same time. Look at the offensive line. Now, all of a sudden, if you're telling me for the first time all year, we have three running backs healthy and an offensive line, all cohesive, and this passing attack with Carson Beck that's going on all cylinders. Now, you take take what you want. Go quarters, defense. Fine. You want to take an explosive place? That's okay. I got Kendall Milton doing a one-cut and up the field for 12 yards. I got Dejon Edwards bowling people over an offensive line that has seven deep. I'm feeling real good. Uh, And so getting guys healthy and back really important. And I think for the stretch run, uh, we're set up really, really well to absorb some of that in this next four games, hopefully with Brock being out. And Clint, uh, Brent, rather, one of the things that Kirby talked about as well is just making sure, like, I think the question to him was, a lot about what are you looking for in Florida? What are you looking at for Florida? And he said, we're focused on ourselves. Like we're really focused on ourselves. So is this maybe that opportunity to kind of reset as well? Like taking the two weeks, of course they practiced, they were on the field, but was it more important for the dogs to really take this time to kind of reset their minds as well? Like, okay, we don't have Brock Byers, but okay, we might have these guys coming back. And what is the back half of this, this uh, season going to look like knowing that? 
Yeah, I mean, now, like, if you think about it today, like today, yesterday, yeah. su- Sunday, like, there, it's Florida focus. But last week, definitely great week to self-assess. Really look at do you can you identify even your own tendencies? Where can you get better? I think the biggest thing self self scouting is, is mm-hmm. almost like the biggest thing that they do during the bye week from a times perspective, as well as given the nature of this schedule, it wouldn't shock me if there was a lot of two, three opponents down the road doing prep uh, for those guys as well. Yeah. And, you know, Jarvis, Kirby's Kirby. So Kirby said yes, just yesterday, hey, we're focused on us. We're not focused on Florida. We're focusing on ourselves. But that could have been, Jarvis, as you know, just kind of being in that college and professional locker room, that could have been just been his message more to his guys than the media established in Athens yesterday, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. When you think about, like, 18 to 22-year-olds, like, it is so hard to focus. I remember being that age. That was a long time ago, seemingly. <laughs> but, you know, just when you think about like there has to be a message. It has to be a theme every week. There has to be a theme. And I used to like playing playing in college. I always remember my coach like, yeah, uh, Morehouse said this about y'all, or or or, or Miles is saying this about y'all. I'm just like, man, what do they say this at? I was like, you don't even you're not even on the line. You barely even know what the internet is. You ever talking about what they're saying about us? They ain't saying anything about us. But you know. That's what guys were like at that age. That's what you want to hear. Like, oh, okay. They're saying this about us. Okay, don't worry about it. I'm about to lock in. I'm about to get focused. I'm about to make sure I'm getting my, I'm keeping my, taking care of myself, especially when you talk about being on a bye week during that time. Like, because the coaches, college coaches are going to try to get as much time as they possibly can in those bye weeks because anything can happen. Like, you know, like when you give guys time, like free time is, 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 is the devil in college. Uh, and I, so I promise you, I'm, can testify. Um, but so, I think free time is the devil, period. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, it is. I don't mind too. Yeah, but um, but I think there those that's the thing that I feel like the message was for Kirby Smart this week is just making sure those guys are like, hey, let's focus on ourselves. Like Brent mentioned, like, hey, let's do some self-scouting. Are we being obvious in certain situations and third down and long or, or however, what are what are we doing that we can get better? Because we know that Florida is ready. They're gonna they're gonna be ready to roll once um everything um uh, once they go down. Jacksonville yeah and I'll tease with this and we'll talk about it more when we come back they are looking a little bit better in these last couple of weeks so maybe it's a little bit of a different Florida team that Georgia is going to see relative to what we saw at the beginning of the season now when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about that in next up but first Jarvis is going to tell us a little bit about prize picks and also how you might be able to connect with him one-on-one through subtext We'll let you guys know that this episode of the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by Prize Picks. Guess what, guys? I've been testing my skills on Prize Picks. This football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy sports, now, guys. I'm not talking about waiting till 14, 15 weeks into the season to collect your money and then trying to go track folks down and so make sure they pay the first prize. Hey, I want my money. Where my money? No, you don't have to worry about that when you come to prize picks. It is daily fantasy sports made easy, folks. And I'm telling you, the website is prizepicks.com slash locked on college. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Also, Prospect offer weekly promotion that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. We going up each Tuesday. Prospect discount select player projections up to twenty five percent to provide even more value. I'm telling you guys, it's, it's super safe. You don't got to worry about anybody getting your information or anything like that. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prospects the number one 
daily fantasy app. And guys, go to prizepick.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepick.com slash locked on college. Drop in that code locked on college and you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. Now, let me tell y'all guys about something else. How about this? Subtext. What's that, Jarvis? I want you to join the Locked On Sports Atlanta Insiders, where you get breaking news, the inside scoop, and exclusive content direct, delivered directly to your phone. No more going to Twitter and all that stuff trying to see what I got going on. I'm telling you, it's going to get delivered right to your phone. And plus, you can have one-on-one conversa- one-on-one conversations with me. If that's what, you, that's what you're into, I, I love to talk to you. Go ahead and you send me a text. All you got to do is go to the website, joinsubtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta. That's joinsubtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta. And guys, also, I got a little all 22 review. I need to get off my get off my chest, too. So you can get access to that as well. So come a locked on sports Atlanta insider. That's joinsubtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta to become an insider today. All right, guys, what's next is what we are talking about. Next up for the dogs would be the Gators. But here's the thing. I want to have a little fun with this segment this time because real talk, the dogs are favored by 14 points. In all likelihood, they're going to get this dub done. So let's just get the small talk out of the way about the dogs, and then we're going to have some fun with the Gators, right? So as far as the dogs go, Brett, who's that guy, your number one guy where you're like, yep, he's going to be the factor He's the reason, and I know it's going to be more than one, but I'm asking you for just one. He's the reason the dogs are going to win this game. Uh, Lad and Lovett. I think those mm. are the two guys. I'm going to say two. Like, I'm, going to say, okay. I'm going to say Lad, Lovett. Maybe like yes. combine them. We'll yeah, combine it. them, yes. That's right, Brett. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> but mainly because I think those are the guys that, that you're going to see get the quick touches that Bowers used to get. Like They're going to get more touches, more impact on the game. And the combination of the two, I think, will be the key to their offense for the next four weeks. Let's roll with what Brent said, Jarvis. Since he gives, he got a one-two punch, I'll give you a one-two punch, too. Give me two. Oh, if Marius Mims comes back, and you, you, I'm talking about that offensive line, like, I think that offensive line is going to be a big factor in how Georgia – um, uh, attacks these games going down the stretch because, like, we know these SEC uh, opponents are coming up. These guys are uh, ranked coming in. You know, as far as with Missouri, we know what the implications that that game's going to happen in, in a couple weeks as well. So all of those factors just makes me feel like, okay, we know that our big guys are going to have to carry us because that's what Georgia has always been about. They love getting those big boys in there, like – my guy, guys my size become the diamond dozen when you go walking down to Athens in that locker room down there. So I think it's going to be it's going to start with the Marius Mims if he's able to go. I really feel like that's going to be a big key in, in locking up that offensive line, getting that solidified five up front and those guys just leaning on folks um, towards going down to the stretch. So we'll say Mims and company. That's your one, two. All right, Clint, yes. you get one or you get one, two. It's up to you. I, that's that's fine. I'm going to these both are. Excellent, excellent. Quick passing game, spreading it out. And the offensive line, because Florida is, like I said, their pass defense a little bit better than their rush defense. And I think if we're able to run on them and Kirby wants to, I call it the Kirby death march, where he just says, I'm going to take seven minutes off the clock, get this thing going, then it's going to be a long, long day for Florida. But here's where I'm going to go. If we get good Tyke Smith, not bad Tyke, when Tyke is good, when he shows up, when he is balling in the alley and and he gets in the slot and he's taking away – 
only one wide receiver that Florida has. If we're taking away those routes, the Florida pass attack is going to have nowhere to go. Pressure's been lacking this year, but I think it's because teams quick hit Georgia all the time. And I think Florida is going to have no exception to this. Mertz is coming off great games. I think he's going to have all the confidence. I think old Sunbelt Billy is going to try to show off a little bit. And I don't think it's going to go well. If good Tyke shows up and he's in run support, as well as taking away the middle of the field, I think Florida's in for a very long day. And that's going to be a key for me. I cannot wait to come back to you guys next week and have this conversation. I'm taking notes about these one-two punches and good tyke, bad tyke. I love it. We're going to have some fun with that next week. But in the meantime, Clint, let's have some fun with Florida. 14-point underdogs, you know, and they're probably thinking we want to upset Georgia. We want to get this, you know, be able to get this notch on our belt. And also, because they're trending a little bit up the past couple of weeks, this could be a good look for them. But is there a path? What is their path to getting a W? Yeah, it's, it's their path is this. It's it's the cocktail party. Everybody, when I said don't go into Jordan Hare and things get crazy in Jordan Hare, it's the same exact thing. And teams go into Auburn and have to suffer through that stadium and that environment. It's a different beast. It's the cocktail party. Crazy stuff happens. It's insane. It's heated rivalry. People hate each other. It's Florida hate week. I, I think that's the only way. Because if you look at Sunbelt Billy, his game plan is not that good. I think he's going to want to pressure. It, look, he, he's Sunbelt name. Billy. Like the guy. Wait, what are you gonna, I love that go, Come on, you're going to do I'm something in, in real college football? I'm like, what are you doing out there at Sunbelt? Come on, Billy. Um, but, but I think he's going to get a little bravado. If you look at the other games that he was a part of, he suffered at Utah for going uh, man coverage a couple times, zero blitz, and all of a sudden, not Cam Rising quarterback defeats you in Utah, and you, you let contain go i think if they were to sit back and and elongate this game and take some shots it might be good but i I think they're going to pressure the only way that i could see florida coming out is this it's if our defense lacks the tenacity of pressure and back in coverage if our corners aren't progressing like i've seen them progress they've done very very well so far this season getting better if our safeties are lacking and we're allowed Mertz to look like he is a, a Heisman candidate all of a sudden like he has the last couple of games then yeah it's going to be closer than that 14 13 and a half 14 spread that we have um but I, you're right I I don't see that happening I'm going in with full confidence but only because I'm a stupid Georgia fan and I'm not emotionally hedging yet talk to me Friday night when I'm emotionally hedging myself then we might have a different thing but on paper and intellectually man this this should not be a close game but it's a cocktail party and it's always close indeed and Brent I like where Clint went with that because it was a little tweaking there where he's not so much saying what Florida will do, but more of like what Georgia won't do. And that's like really the chance that um, they have. But I mean, Brent, do you see any path to a W for Florida, like a realistic path? I mean, look what you did at Vanderbilt. You turned the ball over. You lost the turnover battle. That happens. That happens. That anything's possible when that happens. Two, they want to run the football. That's where their most explosive plays come from. You obviously have to stop the run. You've given up explosive uh, plays in the run game. Outside of those two things, pressure is one that, that Clint mentioned that I think is a very big deal in this game One because Georgia's just not gotten a lot of it. They're 12th in the SEC in terms of – so that's almost last – in terms of pass rush, overall pressure percentage, overall pass uh, rush win rate, pass rush grade, things like that. So they've struggled in that area. And I know if there's a certain front four in the field, I'm throwing the football if I'm Florida because I know my quarterback's going to have, have time. Outside of that, though, Florida's one of the worst teams in the FBS on third down. If they somehow, you know, if that sort of tilts back the other way and they, they start converting third downs, that shortens the game. 
keeps it close. And I do think that we get sort of into the third quarter and you're, you're seeing like a one score game. I, I do think that happens. And Jarvis, just in listening to what both Brent and Clint are saying, one of the things is Florida's ability to maybe look at some of those very faint weaknesses, right, that Georgia has or some of the slip-ups that they've had as well, and that might be a path. Do you see any other path for Florida to possibly walk away with the win? Um, they're going to have to jump out fast. They're going to have to come out fast mm-hmm. like because yeah. we've seen the lows, you know, and, and with Georgia and early on in games and everything yeah. like that. So I – but I, I don't see that happening. But, like, if you're talking about a path, a path to potentially at least cover the spread, you know, or, or, or maybe even win the game, miraculously win the game, they have to stop out, start fast. They have to be aggressive on offense. They have to take shots down the field because, like like uh, Clint mentioned earlier, talk about Tyke Smith. He's kind of been, you know, up and down here. Javon Buller is not necessarily hasn't been playing like we know him to play. He's had some games for sure. He's definitely flashed. But I, I think that you know those guys have had some inconsistencies, and I think that Florida is going to have to take advantage of that on the back end of that defense in order to be able to maybe jump out to a, maybe a two or one or two score lead. And I think that you're going to have to kind of build it out from there and, and, and get that running game going with ETN and, and those and those guys alike. So uh, that's the only path that I see. They have to start fast and they have to start. And they have to do it like right now, like today. Like they have to like start scoring points now, <laughs> you know, in order to have a chance in this game. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, listen, at the Atlanta football party, we don't really want any of those scenarios to happen because we like to have fun on Tuesdays talking about dubs. So listen, we appreciate you guys stopping by as always on the Atlanta football party. And don't forget, you can check us out on the Locked On Sports Network right there on YouTube. Check us out anytime that you want for all of the great Georgia Bulldogs football talk that you get right here each and every week. So listen, thanks so much. Don't forget, also, make sure on Thursday, Friday this week, we've got some really good stuff for you coming out as well on the Atlanta Sports Party and some more football talk down the road. So thanks again for Clint, Brent, Jarvis. We will see you next week.